0: And Hello and welcome to Let This Mind Be You on a uh, surprise live stream. Um, I was having a little bit of difficulty just uploading some stuff, so I decided tonight that I'm just going to go ahead and just live stream part three of the Gift of God series that we started up, uh, this, this past week. And so I just wanted to briefly just give a introduction. If this is if you're new to the channel, if you're just uh, coming across the live stream here, uh, we're just um A channel devoted totally to having the mind of Christ, as you saw in the opening. And uh, thanks again for Sister Elizabeth that um, played the piano in that and um, for the introduction and opening. Um, So, just summary real quick of the part one and part two of the series that we've started up so far. Uh, We we started out with um, talking about the gift of God, the exact phrase, the gift of God. And so I started out by saying, that there's eight times that it was used in in the word of God, the gift of God. I spoke in error. Um, I was actually incorrect. It is not eight times. It is seven times. The uh, passage we're about to return to has it as gift of God, not the gift, the definitive article of the gift of God. So I just wanted to make that correction there, but it's pretty neat that it's seven times found in the Bible the gift of God. So that's kind of the, you know, that's, if you know anything about the Bible, uh, seven is the number of completion. And, um, so I think it's not a coincidence and we're going to come across some things tonight that are not coincidences in in my opinion. And I'm going to bring some stuff out tonight that I think you guys are going to really enjoy. Um, so with that getting started, um, go ahead and turn, oh, reminder, just go back and watch part one and part two of the, um, Part of the uh, the Gift of God series, it's found under Bible studies under that folder, and you can look it up. But um, and we'll get all the rest of the other stuff out of the way. I want to get started. I want I don't want to make this too long, um, but there's a lot of information here. I want to go ahead and get it covered briefly. But uh, we're going to turn to all the passages of scriptures, so it might take a, a little bit. All right, so we. Like I said, there's a one correction. That's not eight times. It's seven times. Now turn over to First Corinthians chapter six, and uh, I'll just show you. Um, actually, First Corinthians chapter seven and verse seven, and I will just uh, show you how I made a mistake, and I'll own up to it. It says, "For I would, for I would, that all men were even as I myself, but every man that hath his proper gift of God." one after this manner and another, another after that. Paul's speaking about relationships, um, being married and remaining unmarried in his case and so forth and so on. But I want to just, I was going to read that. And when I noticed it wasn't, had, didn't have the definitive article of the gift of God, I was like, I need to make a correction there. And I went back and I wanted to do that right away. And But when I was reading, I was going to read in context a um, a more than just that one verse. I was going to go back into 1 Corinthians 6. Remember, these Pauline epistles are letters to the churches, uh, in this case, the church at Corinth. So with that being said, you can't, sometimes the chapter breaks are good, you know, for referencing and being able to understand that, but um, it's a letter, so read it in context. And if you back up to uh, verse 19 of, of chapter 6, 1 Corinthians 6 and verse 19, it says what? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost? I just want you guys to remember this as you're watching this video, whether it's um, later on or you're watching it uh, live. What? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which ye have of God, and ye are not your own? That's a question. For ye are bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's? See, we're a purchased possession. We don't belong to ourselves anymore. So, anybody that's out there claiming that there's no such thing as a um, any sort of a changed life after you're bought with that price, we're a purchased possession, and He's going to chasten him that it, uh, his his children. So, just remember that. Keep that in mind. Have the mind of Christ on this. All right, so as we said, purchase possessions, which leads us to Ephesians. Now, Ephesians is the next time the gift of God is going to be used. Ephesians, and but we're going to not just start reading Ephesians 2.8. Uh, everybody's familiar with that verse. But uh, we're going to start all the way back in Ephesians chapter 1. It won't take long to read through this, but I just want everybody to get this in context. Ephesians chapter 1. Make sure I pull up what I need to pull up here on my digital device here before I turn over there. Okay. So that's coming up. So this is the second to the last time the um, the term, the gift of God is used. Um in the Bible, the second to the last time, and we'll cover in the next part, uh, the next one, because there's no way we're going to be able to get to it tonight. But um, in first in Ephesians chapter 1, we'll start reading there so we can have good context here, and we'll just read through and let the Bible speak for itself. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God, to the saints which are at Ephesus, and to the faithful in Christ Jesus, grace be to you, and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings and heavenly places in Christ, according as he hath chosen us in him before the foundations of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love, having predestinated us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will. Very specific language there. Also, don't get tripped up over predestinated. Um, that'll be something else we can cover at another time to the praise of the glory of his grace, wherein he hath made us accepted in the beloved in whom we have redemption. That's the first word I want you to notice there. Verse seven, in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of his grace, wherein he hath abounded towards us in all wisdom and prudence, having made known unto us the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure, which he hath purposed in himself. This is still going. It's still the same sentence. That in the dispensation of the fullness of times, he might gather together in one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are on earth, even in him, keeps going, in whom also we have obtained an inheritance, being predestinated according to the purpose of him who worketh all things after the counsel of his own will, that we should be to the praise of his glory who first trusted in Christ. So that's all one thought there, one sentence. But I just want you to first notice redemption. And when I read this to you, if you're a born-again believer, when you see what the term redemption means, it touched me. It really did. It, it hit me right square smack between the eyes because it says redemption. This is in the Webster's 1828 Dictionary. It says, the very first thing it says, it says, repurchase of captured goods or prisoners. The act of procuring the deliverance of persons or things from the possession and power of captives by the payment of the equivalent, ransom, release, as the redemption of prisoners taken in war, the redemption of ships and cargo. That's the very first definition. That should speak to you. That should speak to you. Um, We're in Ephesians 1 right now, brother. But that should speak to you about the redemption. And also, um, if you want Jesus quickens, there's no contradiction in the scripture. Just remember that and study it out on your own, on your own time. But um, it's very interesting. One person. Three separate distinctions that can separate, that have different Uh, roles and responsibilities, different functions, one God. Now, I said in in past studies that I can't explain how those things work out because great is the mystery of godliness. I can't figure that stuff out. I take it by faith. But what I also have to do is read God's word for what it says, and um, I can't sit there and just say, well, that doesn't make sense to me, therefore I I need to try to explain it away. I just read it for what it says. Okay? Okay. Take it by faith. There's no contradiction in Scripture. So if it says the Father quickened, okay? If it says Jesus is quickening spirit, okay? He quickens, okay? The spirit quickens, I, I take it for what it says. This is my authority right here, okay? All right, let's keep reading back in uh, Ephesians. So we left off in verse 1 and it says, And you hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins, wherein in time past ye walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince and the power of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience. Among whom also we have had our conversation in times past in the lusts of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. If you go back to 1 Corinthians 2, you can see that this kind of makes sense. Paul has mentioned this before, talking about the mind. These things are spiritually discerned. The mind, also the natural man, as it speaks of in 1 Corinthians 2. But God, I love that part in in Ephesians 2, 4. It says, but God, who is rich in mercy for his great love wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead, in sins hath quickened us together with Christ by grace are ye saved, and hath raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. A little side note: when it says "made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus," that's not future tense. Notice that it's present tense. I don't know what to think about that, other than that makes um, for another good study on a different day that in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace and his in his kindness towards us through Christ Jesus. Very interesting. For by grace are ye saved through faith, amen, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. Now, I just want to make a, a little bit of a side point here in a second. But notice there that for by grace are ye saved through faith and not of yourself. It is the gift of God. The gift of God there is grace. The Holy Spirit coming in. That grace that's there that was offered. So awesome. The free gift. The gift of God. Grace. So that's it in part three. Um... Mentioning of the gift of God, but we're not done. I want to give you something for free tonight. Okay. I'm not charging for this, but this is for free. I want you to notice something because I, you know, you ever read your Bible and you're just kind of just, well, I'm just cruising along here and then something just explodes off the page and you're like, whoa, wait a minute. Let me, let me go study this out. Well, um, several, several weeks ago at our local church body here, we've been going through, um, the book of Exodus and the book of Hebrews at the same time. And as we were going through Exodus, one of my brothers was reading uh, Exodus chapter 31. And as we were reading through there, I noticed something, and I was like, huh, let me go talk to him about that. So we did. We were um, fellowshipping afterwards, and I just brought it up to him. I said, hey, kind of check this out and see what you think about this. So I want you, everybody, to understand that I'm not making any kind of like definitive, this is what this means. But again, like I said, I don't believe in coincidences in the word of God. And it says here in verse 10 of Ephesians 2, for we are his workmanship. Now, go back to Exodus chapter 31. Exodus chapter 31, and in context here, what's happening is that uh, God's giving the commandments or and also giving all the examples of the temple, the tabernacle, um, letting Moses know about that. And turn it, if you would, if you're there, go ahead and start reading in verse 1, Exodus chapter 31 and verse 1. If I can ever get there. There we go. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, See, I have called by name Bezalel, the son of Uri, the son of Hur, of the tribe of Judah. Very interesting. And I have filled him with the Spirit of God in wisdom and in understanding and in knowledge and in all manner of workmanship. Workmanship. And it talks about how he was the one that was going to be in charge because he knew all these things. But the Spirit of God. The Lord told Moses that I'm going to. I have filled him with the Spirit of God, but he's of the tribe of Judah. Now, if normally, if you're just thinking about this, you're like, "Well, okay, that's not a big deal." Except for the fact that there was Levites were the ones that were part of the priesthood, right? They were the called out, chosen uh, tribe of Israel that were going to be the priesthood. So you would think that they somebody from there, God would put the spirit of God and have him understand how to do all these things and do all the workmanship. But as of the tribe of Judah. And when I saw a tribe of Judah, that should ring a bell because the lion of the tribe of Judah, the lamb of God, the seed of David, you know, Jesus Christ through the lineage of David. Uh, wow. Okay. That, what does that mean? Brother D'Angelo? I don't know. Um, Take it for what you will, but he's of the tribe of Judah. I just thought that was pretty interesting. Except for the fact that it says workmanship. This is the first time workmanship is used in the King James Bible. We just read the last time in Ephesians 2.10. So turn over next. So you saw that workmanship was used in verse 3. You see down in verse uh, 5 it's used again, so that's the second time. And then also over in Exodus 35. Exodus 35. In verse 31. And over there, uh, we can kind of back it up a little bit. Uh, Verse 30. And Moses said unto the children of Israel, See, the Lord hath called by name Bezalel, the son of Uri, the son of Hur of the tribe of Judah. So, Moses is telling the children of Israel this now. And he hath filled him with the Spirit of God in wisdom, in understanding, and in knowledge, and in all manner of workmanship. Just keeps going right down through there, but that's the third time workmanship is used in the Bible for the tabernacle. That's kind of interesting, right? All right, so you're like, where's this going? Well, a little spoiler alert the term, the word workmanship in the King James Bible is used seven times. The gift of God, that phrase is used seven times. So I just thought, well, that's that's kind of interesting. Until I re- read Ezekiel, or excuse me, 2 Kings chapter 16 and verse 10. 2 Kings, this is, this is at the point when I started just going through there because the Lord just was like, Popped workmanship. It just came off the page several, several weeks ago. And as I was studying for this, I was like, well, let me look up and see if it's used anywhere else. Second Kings chapter 16. And in verse 10 is when you'll see workmanship used again. But if you back it up just in context here, it says in, in verse 1 In the 17th year of Pekah, the son of Rameliel, or Rameliel, Remaliah Ahaz, the son of Jotham, king of Judah, began to reign. Okay, Ahaz is the king that's now reigning. Twenty years old was Ahaz when he began to reign and reigned 16 years in Jerusalem and did not that which was right in the sight of the Lord his God like David his father. So if you've done all the study of these uh, kings and all this kind of stuff, there would be kings that would do right in the sight of God, and there would be kings that did not. Now, I want you to notice, if you read down through here, what this Ahaz does, you can, uh, you can take it or leave it. It's, I'm not uh, trying to say that this is some sort of huge thing or anything like that, but it, it kind of spoke to me, and I was like, man, this is pretty cool. I'm, I'm going to bring it out tonight, because it's going to tie back into why I needed to make the correction. Hmm. So First Chronicles chapter 28 and verse 21 It says here, uh, let's back up to verse 20. And David said to Solomon, his son, be strong and of good courage and do it. Fear not, nor be dismayed for the Lord God, even my God will be with thee. He will not fail thee nor forsake thee until thou hast finished all the work for the service of the house of the Lord. And behold, the courses of the priests and the Levites, even they shall be with thee for all the service of the house of God. And there shall be with thee for all manner of workmanship. Every willing, skillful man for any manner of service, also the princes and of all the people, will be holy at thy commandment. This is interesting because I kind of said, okay, what happens at the time of Jacob's trouble? The true king comes back. Jesus Christ, he rules and reigns for a thousand years. The millennial reign as it's commonly known of Christ. And in that, if you read in Ezekiel and other places, there's a millennial temple. Look, folks. Well, it's kind of strange that that's the very next time it's found in the Bible. Look, I don't—I'm not trying to be spooky about all this stuff, but check out what's the next reference to workmanship. Because what happens at the end of the millennial reign of Christ? At the end of a thousand years, as you read in Revelation, at the end of a thousand years, Satan is loosed for a little while to deceive the nations, and he rises up one more time. So, what do you think, Ezekiel chapter twenty-eight? is referring to. If you've read your Bible, you probably already know, if you've studied this out, but this is too good. At the end of the thousand-year reign of Christ, remember, we just had the time of Jacob's trouble, which is the Antichrist. That was Second Kings 16, verse 10, the term use of workmanship. That's what I equated it to. And then you had the true king, the good temple, the workmanship is used there in First Chronicles chapter 28 and verse 21, starting in verse 19 down through 21. And then the next time workmanship is used is in Ezekiel chapter 28 and verse 13. So let's read it. Verse 13, it says, Thou hast been in Eden, the garden of God. Every precious stone was thy covering, the sardis, topaz, and the diamond, the beryl, the onyx, and the jasper, the sapphire, the emerald, and the carbuncle, And gold, the workmanship, there it is, of thy tabrets and thy pipes was prepared in thee in the day that thou wast created. This is speaking of Satan. So at the end of the thousand-year reign of Christ, the very next time we're equating this in the Bible, the very next time that it's used, workmanship is used, we see Satan is loose for a short period of time to deceive the nations. And if I didn't think, I was like, well, okay, So that's the sixth time it's used. The very next time that it's used is back there in Ephesians chapter 2, and verse 10, where it says, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained, that we should walk in them. Wherefore, remember that ye being in time past Gentiles in the flesh, who are called the uncircumcision by that which is called the circumcision of flesh made of hands. And you can read down all the way through here. Especially verse thirteen, but now in Christ Jesus, ye who sometimes were afar off made nigh by the blood of Christ, for he is our peace, who hath made both one and hath broken down the middle wall partition between us, having abolished in his flesh the enmity, even the law of commandments contained in ordinances for to make in himself of twain one new man, so making peace, and that he might reconcile both unto God in one body by the cross, having slain the enmity thereby at the end of The thousand-year reign, Satan is loose for a while, and then he is is cast, along with death and hell, into the lake of fire. The judgment of of that, and God creates all things new. And then there's no more need for any kind of temple or anything like that. We worship the king at the throne for all of eternity. So... All that and studying the gift of God, that, that little part was free about workmanship. Just study it out on your own. Just see the seven times that workmanship is used in the Bible, and um, it's pretty interesting. But this brings us back to 1 Corinthians, where we started out the night. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, and verse 19. Because as it says, they were created in Christ Jesus. We're like his workmanship, as it said in Ephesians 2. For we are his workmanship. Created in Christ Jesus unto good works. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19. What, know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which ye have of God, and you are not your own? For ye are bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. That's how serious it is. But notice that the temple is a temporary thing. One day, we're going to leave this temple... Either in death, but he said that he would redeem us. Remember that purchased possession? The earnest payment has been made already, which is the Holy Ghost, as we've studied all through here. But one day, we'll, our whole body, soul, and spirit will be redeemed. That whole purchased possession. It's not up to us. He promised that he would do these things. Man, it's so good. The fact that we can see those things in the pages of Scripture also as a good reference if you want to look at uh, we can turn over there real quick before we close it down for tonight John chapter 2 and verse 20 John chapter 2 and verse 20 I thought it was interesting just that, that little discussion about workmanship but again don't take my word for it let the Spirit teach go to God's word just because something I saw, I could be completely way off. Who knows? So make sure you try the Spirit and make sure, as I did, I, I didn't see anything that contradicts it in any scripture. So, But verse 22 or 20 of John chapter 2, and we'll close with this. Then said the Jews, 40 and 6 years was this temple in building, and wilt thou rear it up in three days? But he spake of the temple of his body. When therefore he was risen from the dead, his disciples remembered that he had said this unto them, and they believed the scripture and the word which Jesus had said. So we know we are created in Christ Jesus. We are his workmanship. We are his body. He is the head. All those different things that we made from just reading the plain scripture tonight, just reading it for what it says. Isn't God's word awesome? You don't have to try to look for secret codes or anything like that all i was doing was just looking up a word workmanship and those things just kind of popped out to me it could be for that but maybe it was just for something for me and it may not be for you but um uh, the fact that we can read the plain scripture and for what it says is amazing simply amazing so thank you for joining me on this uh surprise uh, pop-up, uh, live stream. Like I said, um, I was, I've been producing these, um, the gift of God series, but I was having a little bit of trouble with it the other night trying to get, uh, part two, which by the way, go back and look at part one and part two. They're up on the uh, page under Bible study folder. Um, if you want to look for them specifically, the gift of God series, but, um, man, it was, it was a little bit difficult to get that. So I was like, you know what? I'll just go ahead and do a live stream tonight. And, um, uh, that should make it a little bit uh, more simple. It just automatically uploads. Uh, so went a little bit over the time amount of time I wanted to go, but don't forget, LTMBIY at yahoo dot com. Also, um, you can check out this audio version here. Probably in a couple, about twenty minutes, you can check it out on iHeart Radio uh, podcast and also Apple Podcast under Let This Mind Be in You Ministries podcast. If you want to check it out there. Also look at the um, the Facebook page to stay up to date. I didn't have a chance to even post it up there on Facebook saying, hey, I'm going live. But um, you have to be also make sure you click the notification bell, subscribe to the channel, and click the notification bell so if I ever do go live like this surprisingly, um, it'll pop up, and uh, you'll be notified for it. Okay, so that's it for tonight. Uh, thank you for joining me on Let This Fine Be In You. Um, just leave me any kind of comments or any, any kind of thoughts or, or stuff like that. We didn't have as much like fellowship or question and answer time. This was just trying to get the, um, the actual study uploaded uh, a little bit quicker. So I appreciate you joining me tonight on Let This Mind Be In You. Um, I love you in the Lord. God bless. Be good ambassadors. Walk worthy. Walk worthy through the power of the Spirit. That's it for now. God bless.